0: Dylan, welcome Dylan Gott, cause I'm a big, fat, fucking idiot. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you are, but I'm Dylan Gott. No,
1: you you just admit it. Dylan admit that he's a big, fat, fucking idiot. I'm never Everyone doing that. along with me. Oh, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan is a big, fat, fucking idiot. Nope.
0: So- and he loves to be chanted at by the humanoids. This week. Whoa. Segway. This week we're doing. It's our second manager ever on the Wrestler Review. It's also Bobby a wrestler, Keenan. though, but he's also a wrestler. Sure, like he wrestled in a WrestleMania. Yeah, but he was a manager. It's not like he oh, rose good, up the yeah, ranks. Oh, good argument. It's good not argument. like he rose up the ranks, John.
1: Good argument. Oh, but he was also it's not like a he rose up the ranks,
0: John. No, but he did wrestle a shit ton. Yeah, he started as a wrestler and he became a manager. Yeah, he became famous Much like as a you manager. Start as an athlete and you become a coach, you fucking big headed fuck. But he just because he also was a manager doesn't discount the fact he was a wrestler. Grease up the door. Grease. Oh, are we <laughs> going to only grease up the door? John's trying to get his fucking head through. Yeah, because I have a large head filled with brains. I'm like, you're No, with no you hair don't. on it.
1: Oh, Dylan, get more eczema. Oh, wait, it's impossible.
0: I don't have eczema. <laughs> yes, you do. This is what it get when you eat out chicks on their rag. <laughs> right? <laughs> L-G-B-T. Right? What does that stand for? Large girls with big titties. (laughs) I want
1: one of us to get famous to see how fast we have to delete this podcast. (laughs) Because we would go to jail. No. Dylan God has been named
0: the host of The Tonight Show. What's that? No, he's not. No one with a wrestling podcast is going to be named the host of The Tonight Show. Here's our... Next guest, Trish Stratus. Trish.
1: (gasps) Donald Trump's the president of the United States. That's true. That is true. That's true.
0: That's true. (laughs) No, you have a good point. (laughs) And our... For the 15th week in a row, Mickey James is our guest. Mickey, why won't you call me? <laughs> why? I keep why? Why? Your gift about... basket is just my number. Why are you doing... Week after week, it's just my number, and you don't call me. Why are you doing your voice you me? and
1: merged with our friend Graham's
0: voice as you hosting The <laughs> Tonight Show? <laughs> because I would become much more of a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, here's a little thing about the day. I keep all the seats you sit on. <laughs> all of them. I keep the toilet seat. I keep that seat. And I keep the backstage seat. All the seats I keep, Mickey. Mickey, I keep the seats and I smell the There's seats. Something
1: about the idea. My
0: wife knows it and now you know it. She just has to take it because I'm a millionaire, Mickey. I can make people disappear. Hey, hey, hello. Is this Rena Merrill's house? <laughs> no. Well, she should live there. <laughs> Give her the house. Um... So we're going to start, like we always do, baby, right in the heart of the gold? That made no sense. Uh, Bobby what? Heenan was born in uh, Chi-Town, baby, November 1st, 1944. Raymond Louis Ray Heenan. Ooh. Ray Heenan instead of Bobby. Why would they say Bobby instead of Ray, my friend? Because he's a carnival man, so they don't know how to fucking read.
1: <laughs> ray, uh,
0: Bobby it is.
1: Why? What's your name? My name's Ray Heenan. That ends with a Y. Call him Bobby. Why? We already got a Ray. You mean the rays of sunshine that are outside? Yeah, that's right. Only one Ray per day. <laughs> he, um, so Bobby Heenan, uh,
0: I. He- I know what you're all wondering. Who trained Bobby Heenan? Let me answer that. No one did. <laughs> he just figured it out. And he has a seventh grade education, as we all know. Which is... It's crazy that someone with a seventh grade education...
1: Literally like a millionaire. Like him. He had a... Th- I don't know. Like, you, you,
0: you really... I don't know. That as I've gotten older, I've kind of figured out that uh, school doesn't mean that much when it comes to speaking good. The thing with it also is you need to remember
1: seventh grade education was on television nonstop for 20 something years
0: yeah with a seventh grade education
1: with a seventh grade education a spangly jacket a Mm -hmm. love of cigarettes Mm -hmm. and a friendship with andre the giant (laughs) that's all you need to make it with a seventh grade education is to befriend a massive alcoholic
0: when he was and it's kind of funny because the reason he becomes a manager is because of his lack of size which as we all know is very much Era specific because there was also who the fuck was that Mark Curtis? He was the referee that died from WCW. Yeah, Brian Hildebrand, who was yeah. like everyone in Smoky
1: Mountain was like, best wrestler was Brian Hildebrand, but they're yeah. like, what when he was five foot five, and the five foot five man who looks like Hulk Hogan's leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Brian <laughs> he was Hildebrand, right? highlight of his career when he wrestled as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> really, that
0: was one of his gimmicks
1: jesus christ his wrestling name the embarrassment for the man in the suit
0: (laughs) (laughs) but see like heenan six feet tall 190s build at yeah probably around five nine but still like and but he was always doughy like he has a doughy body and a baby
1: face yeah um but what he made and also not a like a very good worker
0: when it came to taking bumps and Mm -hmm. shit like that like well, that's his philosophy on wrestling as a whole. If they come to hear a guy talk shit and then fly through the air, because they can come. It's very funny because uh, there's a lot of people who say, uh, "Oh, wrestling is like what it should be, what it was when I was a kid, or when I came up in the business." Blah blah blah, type of thing. But Heenan really has the viewpoint of. People pay to see a guy talk stupid and then get what's coming to him and also it's fake. Like let's make it look – like it should still look fake, you know?
1: Absolutely. But also look at who he came up with. Like his biggest – best friends in the business were Nick Bockwinkle, Blackjack Lanza. Yeah. Yeah, the original Heenan family. The original Heenan family. Uh mm. But the other thing is, those guys very much embrace that, and that Nick Bockwinkle was essentially the, like, he was the accountant to Ric Flair's bombastic salesman character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Nick Bockwinkle was the Ric Flair of the AWA, and his career is not discussed because he never had a run in the Fed, and also was loyal to Vern Gagne, and Vince Mm -hmm. McMahon made only one enemy in the great takeover uh, uh of the nation of america and that was verne Gagne, for really no other reason by the way jim crockett was way more disrespectful but for some reason vince mcmahon was like "Vern Gagne, i will piss on your
0: grave but to be fair though the whole thing like if you look at the first and people have said this a thousand times but oh, if you look they? at the first if you look at wrestlemania 3 their flagpole event the fucking thing they're always like ninety three thousand people Pontiac, michigan yeah Two out of the three people in that event were, like the feud essentially was the AWA feud of Heenan versus Hogan.
1: Yeah, with so Andre that was the still Giant. with 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 Andre the Giant playing the role of Nick Bockwinkel. For those who don't know, Alec yeah, exactly. A cursory, uh, Nick Bockwinkel was supposed to drop the title to Hogan a bunch of times and always weaseled out of it because he was the best friend of Vern Gagne. Hulk Hogan held a massive grudge about that. Although one of the big people supporting the fact that Nick should drop the title was. Nick Bockwenkel's manager and very good friend Bobby Heenan, who was secret best friends with Hulk Hogan most of this and was one of the architects of Hulkamania and played one of the best foils to Hulk Hogan of them all because he could talk as well as Hulk Hogan and make any one of the members of the so-called Heenan family an amazing opposition to Hulk Hogan. Look no further than King Kong Bundy, who went from main eventing WrestleMania II after supposedly breaking Hulk Hogan's ribs on the Saturday night's main event... ...to being in a match with Hillbilly Jim and some little people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's... So... And by the way, that match is so hard to watch.
0: It's very good. (laughs) (laughs) You know me one match with little guys, and I don't... I mean, the the genetic ones. How often Jesse
1: Ventura says midget in the span of five minutes is... This is a man who wants to be president... Jesse Ventura forgets that all of that's on film and Vince McMahon hates him and he'll be like,
0: edit that together, edit it together and show at the beginning of every Monday Night Raw. But they can't, you can't, Vince McMahon can't be like, look what politically incorrect things yes, this guy did. I disagree entirely. He definitely because can. Because Jesse Ventura can be like, roll the tape of Vince McMahon. They're like, any particular one? He can be like... Nope. Just turn on the television. Just uh watch the guy for eight seconds. Yeah. Oh, there is there Your is, tits aren't big enough. You should be ashamed, whore. <laughs> that was in nineteen eighty-two. <laughs> uh there he is. There he is on live television in March saying, You fucking
1: <laughs>
0: You wanna fuck, don't you Linda?
1: No, it's, uh, well, that's what he said to Shane in the middle of the match when Shane returned and he just went, You are fucking <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, by the way, everyone, it's on YouTube of a fan cam, and it's the best because you can just see in his eyes, just like, you
0: fuck it. And then his eyes just like go big for a second. He's like, I gotta yell at myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here. Uh, so, the really his managing career starts in uh, 1967 in uh, in Indianapolis Territory. Um, he managed Angelo Poffo, which is Randy Savage's dad. Oh, uh, I'm the Macho he managed uh, the Assassin, the Valiant Brothers, and the Blackjacks. Uh, he had a storyline brother named Guy Heenan. Uh, interesting thing about Bobby Heenan, never really wanted to be a manager, because who would want that? He just wanted he wanted to wrestle, but he was uh, deemed too small for the time. It's crazy that he didn't want to,
1: and he's literally the prototype of every manager. Yep. Like Bob. Uh, by the way, Paul Heyman is just being an annoying New York version of Bobby Heenan
0: yeah but heyman doesn't bump like heenan like no. heenan heenan still wanted he to bump and that's why he stopped being a manager and like we'll get to that but he stopped being a manager in uh, the 90s is because like his he fucked his neck yeah his neck was no which longer. which he didn't really realize you don't need to not didn't really realize but he just wanted to bump and he's like well if i can't do this 100 and he can't j- jump around like he did you also know? what caused the neck t- uh, injury a leg drop from Monita. Oh, I thought it was uh, an, uh, a clothesline from the Ultimate Warrior. Um, I think it was, what happened was he didn't, we'll get to, we'll, oh, well, I guess we're, we're there now. Anyway, in 83, he was in uh, Japan, and he got a leg drop from Onita and broke his neck, and he didn't have insurance to get surgery, so he just didn't. Oh, God. So he just basically wrestled. He basically managed for the money-making decade for himself with a broken neck. And I'm sure that they underta- the uh, Ultimate Warrior clothesline aggravated it. But uh, you know how you can just, like... Yeah, because it- ignore your own injuries. Like, anyone can do that. You fuck your shoulder up, like... Because it sounds bad. If you watch sports, it sounds bad to say, that guy just had a torn rotator cuff for 15 years. Yeah. But definitely, like, if you're a regular person in the world, you don't need a rotator cuff to, like, type. <laughs> so you just fucking, like, I'm not going to... I don't need surgery now. So, you know. So then you don't wear condoms and then you become a daddy. Uh, <laughs> the other thing
1: is that led to, by the way, the uh, Andre the Giant, because he did close a line. He, Andre the Giant didn't like that Ultimate Warrior was very unsafe in the ring. One of the reasons why is because he was so big. You had to be very careful um, how you hit him and stuff like that because you could just, like... If you clotheslined him in the chest, it would knock the wind out of him and then he couldn't move for a bit because he was so fat and so drunk, which was literally the problem. And so when he did that to um, Bobby Heenan, the Andre the Giant started just punching Ultimate Warrior in the face all the time in
0: the matches, apparently. <laughs> well, that was the, the old story that Heenan tells where uh, Warrior did two stiff clotheslines and then, uh, and then the third clothesline... Andre Andre just just held his fist out and the undertaker just or uh, the warrior just ran ran into into it
1: it. yeah Yeah. yeah. no he did that and then apparently he would stand on his hair all the time he'd punch him in the backstage area all the time like he just hated him because bobby heenan really protected andre in the later years because vincent McMahon was just like this guy can't wrestle anymore we can't put him in the ring Mm -hmm. and bobby heenan was like just put him against whoever you want to make the next hulk hogan and have him win at live events. And he doesn't have to do anything but stand there and just keep Andre on the road making money and being an attraction. Because mm. Bobby Heenan... That was the thing about WWF in this time is that Vince still had the, a lot of really educated, smart guys in specifically wrestling, not just in general promotions, in his ear able to build people up. Okay. So that that's why Andre's, Andre's run was extended. Andre was supposed... They were in talks for Andre to retire... After WrestleMania 3 and or before WrestleMania 3, and they just extended his career all the way to WrestleMania 6. Yeah, well, he's cl- clearly immobile. Yeah. He's clearly immobile. You watch the WrestleMania 5 match with him and Jake the Snake Roberts, he, all he does is get himself tied in the ropes, yeah. and then a snake gets put on him, and that's it.
0: Yeah, but that's, that's why I think the big show is kind of so people don't really appreciate the big show for what he is, because... The guy's out there still taking bumps. And every time that guy takes a bump, I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, how does does that guy's rib cage support that much weight just falling on it? You know? Like, I understand he's twice, like, legit probably twice the size of me. Yeah. But his bones, you know what I mean? Like, bone density is bone density. The thing with it, it's also like he's,
1: imagine doing fucking, like, people power bombed him. Undertaker gave him the last ride. Imagine just that yeah. guy's arms flopping to the sides. You're like, oh, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. He landed
0: on his own fucking... Yeah, we've talked about this twice over now in the Nash and the Big Show episodes, but he fucking fell on his own neck. Yeah. Yeah. That fucking shitty powerbomb. It'd be like if I fell on my own dick. Nothing would happen to me because it's so big. Ooh, so what? in, in what becomes a...
1: That's not true. Uh, About this next segment? But the thing I said was absolutely
0: true. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, it isn't!
1: Stop yelling. Stop yelling now or I'm going to make you not suck my dick.
0: Uh, <laughs> Seriously, don't do that, please. Uh, <laughs> he, he threw bad. <laughs> nope. John, for those of you at home, John threw his number at me and I avoided it. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, so he leaves the uh, WWA, which is the Indianapolis territory, over a contract dispute. Contract? What the fuck yeah, am I talking the contract. about? Contract. In a in a cash dispute with yeah. uh, Dick the Bruiser, and uh, this he he Heenan signed this napkin. It says your soul
1: plus my dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here it's uh, sign This beer, I'm puking. Hey hey Heenan, do you ever feel a hard belly? <laughs> well, Dick the Bruiser. Let's be honest. I've got a hard belly. This becomes. This is pretty much, and this sounds obvious, but it's pretty much what runs Heenan's career is the fact that he's like, I'm here to stay until you fuck with my money, and then I'm fucking out of here, That's which is exactly him. what he did. I love him. Um, it goes to the AWA. Yes. It goes to the AWA. has an amazing run. In uh, He enters the AWA in 74. Um, he announced that he's now known as The Brain, because before this, he was... Uh, beautiful Bobby Heenan. Beautiful Bobby. Yep. I thought it was Pretty Boy. He's also... Be- no, pardon me. They wanted to call him Beautiful, but he's
1: already been Pretty Boy, and everyone was beautiful, so he said, like, call me The Brain. Yeah. He'll be the smartest guy. That's where it came from.
0: Yeah. So he uh, manages Bockwinkle and uh, Ray Stevens. What, uh, what other thing was advented in the AWA?
1: Jews. Jews, and... The,
0: the Reuben. The Reuben. <laughs>
1: the Reuben sandwich? Yep. The those, Reuben sandwich. Those two things and also calling Bobby the Brain Heenan the weasel, which was... Uh, oh, yeah. How did that come up again? Stagger Lee Marshall. Stagger Lee Marshall. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Do you remember him? Yeah. The fucking weird commentator from the AWA that they brought back
0: to WC Thunder, WCW Thunder for some reason? Yeah.
1: He was in the AWA. Yeah.
0: That's where it came from, apparently. Stagger Lee Marshall, because what he sang, uh, "Pop Goes the Weasel," right? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, yeah, he mentioned that in I uh, interview, but I didn't. And also, he would have Stagger Lee Marshall. Wow. And I'm, I hear I thought he was just some weirdo. I'm gonna, I am
1: going to i am now completely not sure that that's true. So I'm okay. Going, good. I'm gonna look it up. But I
0: do remember that it was one of the commentators. I know that sounds obvious, uh, but it was one of the commentators. So. Uh, so Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens uh, Feuded with the Crusher and Dick the Bruiser um, so this And this is where he's regularly called the Weasel By uh, the Crusher and the Bruiser Fucking yes You were right I was right And uh, this was the starting point for the first Heenan family uh bockwinkle ray stevens bobby duncombe senior and blackjack lanza oh yeah that does not sound like an intimidating group of people in 2016 i'll throw that yeah yeah because my my envision is blackjack lanza which is so basically it's one of the new here's what i'm thinking in my head the commissioner of wcw pat patterson's tag team partner (laughs) um bobby duncombe jr of the West Texas Renze- Rednecks. You don't need to course, explain Murray's one of the so. new blackjacks. That's like the, yeah. the lower mid-card Heenan family. Can and, ladies know. and gentlemen, in this corner, I'm sure the afterthoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, creatively, we're stifled. He's setting them up for the vertical suplex. He can't do a delayed one because he's too fat. <laughs> not, Not in his arms, so it would look like muscle. Just the midsection. The
1: thing you need to remember with Stagger Lee Marshall being on the mic is that I also eat club sandwiches.
0: <laughs> Stagger Lee Marshall's just describing a recipe for chili that's very long. Um, the. Okay, well, 1975, Bachwinkle. Captured the uh, AWA title, breaking up the seven-year reign of Vern Ganya. And as we discussed in our Vern Ganya uh, episode, ooh, uh, this is remember like remember
1: that one? It's yummy, like your cookies.
0: Which is crazy because Vern Ganya owned the territory. It was like, here's the premise of this wrestling league. Me, yeah, me, God damn it. You go me. if you want to watch
1: someone charismatic not wearing a wool sweater to the <laughs> ring. You go watch those other women wrestle. Yeah. That's right, they sit down when they pee. I don't even sit down when I shit. I shit like a horse. <laughs> but this is one of the I don't know. And then I'm a horse. <laughs> I'm
0: a horse, boy. Greg,
1: bring me another Mexican to slay here in the old folks
0: home. <laughs> so, he does they do the he, they do this which you can't dispute, uh is that they give Bachwinkle that run for a bit and then uh Ray Stevens and uh, Lanza win the titles, so then Heenan's the first guy. Pretty much with a stable, A and B. The stable has all the titlas, I
1: the titlers, the titles. Not only, not that's only what that, think, that means I was gonna also say they also have all the championships. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Drake. We're better than you now. Oh, we own the Raptors. You own my dick, which no. is also quite expensive.
0: That's not true. It is. Um. We'll put you in a wheelchair. Bye, fucking you. Hey. Rap name is going to be Aubrey afterwards.
1: Hey, hey Aubrey, we know you, your secrets. You're from Forest Hill. One more time, you say I yes, started from the bottom, and I'm going to show everyone the photo of your very nice house. <laughs> yeah. Started from the bottom of my dad's rumpus room. Yeah, I started from the bottom of a middle-class upbringing
0: that the people criticizing Buddy, me also That's have. not middle-class. Upper middle-class. Rich. Yeah, he's rich. Mm. Here's how rich... The place Drake grew up in Toronto is because I used to work in that neighborhood. There's the a highway. Com- so there's a there's a highway that goes around Toronto. Yeah. There's imagine there's a circle, yeah. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to put a highway uh vertically through the middle of Toronto. Yeah. Right. Which would make
1: sense. They had fortified a road called Avenue Road to do yep. it, which is why Avenue Road is four lanes.
0: Yep. Oh oh and then uh people in Forest Hill were so rich that they literally got out of their houses and were like, the highway stops here. And then uh, the city of Toronto was like, "Yes, guys, who pay for our infrastructure? Because they pay so much tax." And then they stopped that. Yep, like they literally were so rich. So now there's a highway called the Allen, which just stops in the middle of Toronto. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's the Allen Park
1: uh, Parkway, and it sucks because it stops in the middle. It would be imagine. It's if- literally
0: like if you were like, I want to get
1: three streets, but I want to get there really fast. <laughs> yeah, it's like this. Imagine the midtown. Of Mm -hmm. your city that you're living in. Now imagine on one side of it you have a beautiful expressway that goes all the way down to the bottom of the city and then laps around. And instead of completing the circuit, it just stops a quarter of the way and bottoms out in a sketchy area where there's always a Rasta man asking me if I want to smoke. John hates Rastas. Do you want some of that green, man? you want some of that green... John hates black people. I remember once waiting for a ride from Terry McGurn. I'd walked there from uh, St. Clair and Young, which was quite a distance. Uh huh. And a uh, black man
0: was there. Uh, there was a single black man. And then you vomited and now you're here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who asked me if I wanted to buy weed eight separate times. <laughs> that sounds great, though. The first two times I was like, that's nice. But he's like, you want the green? You want the green? You want the green? I'm like, no, I
0: don't. But he was his only customer. He was just being a I nice certainly man. Certainly was not. I uh, I used to live by there, and it was great. And uh, it was it was. You time. lived in some terrible. Why did you? I love li- living in not nice places.
1: You never lived in the in Toronto. One of the few places where you can live right downtown pretty affordably. Dylan would shirk that and live in a fucking sour milk apartment. That was as expensive, but just so much further That's away. That's not true. They were always a bit cheaper. And they're always nice. The one with Alexis was, I never was invited, I was only inside once. The one you lived in
0: with Brynn was a baby blue nightmare. That was great. Every place I've lived was great. And the people I live with are immaculate. You shut the fuck up, John. No. Oh, I get to go live in beside a latte and inside a cappuccino. That's not what I so said. So here's, like, what, me. here's, what, me. here's what me. Here's what me. Here's me. Shut up. Shut up. Point me to the area with the most pregnant teens, because it's about to get doubled. Because I'm going to fuck some teenagers (laughs) and get them pregnant. So you're just admitting you're a rapist pedophile? technically, they're going to be women. (laughs) They're going to be girls, mostly, though. So you're a pedophile? No, I have a clock for when they hit puberty, so that counts as a woman. That doesn't count as a woman at all. I have a countdown to every celebrity turning 18. It's my website, com. Please go to it. It's got a countdown for when Reese Witherspoon's daughter turns 18. Reese that's Witherspoon I, only has sons. That's when I pounce. She only has sons. Oh, she's got a daughter. <laughs> no, Those are all men. <laughs> no, that's not true. That is true. No, oh, she's got a daughter. No, she doesn't. Google Reese Witherspoon daughter right now. I did. And then burn your phone <laughs> <laughs> because no one who Googles that doesn't go to jail, I'm assuming. Oh. What's this girl's uh, daughter look like? Get out of here, sir. <laughs> You're no longer welcome in our establishment. You know a lot about pedophile stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. <sighs> um, Bobby the Brain Heenan, back into it, was not a pedophile like you, Dylan. But this pedophile. was a Jerry
0: Lawler episode, we could have just made that oh part God, of the show. Ju-
1: this basically has become a Jerry Lawler episode.
0: Want to do three Jerry Lawler episodes? One on
1: each time wrestling, wrestling
0: per- pedophilia chronicles. First of all, you can't... I've read that. I am leaving this company because my wife, the cat, she's 20, you're out of here. Where's the 16 year old? God damn it. Uh, if there's grass on the field, I ain't playing ball. By the way, just to take a segue, the reason why they divorced was
1: she was hanging out with a man who she played baseball with and he suspected that she was cheating on him with her. So he moved all of her stuff out of her house and then just
0: sold her car. <laughs> That's a man's man. <laughs> Yeah. I, I would, would love to sell someone's car as revenge for what I think is happening. <laughs> Hello Vince? Uh, Jerry, is that you? Yeah, I remember that
1: heart I left the company for six months ago. Yeah, our marriage is over. I'm coming back.
0: Yeah, great, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, we don't need you, but that's fine. Um, so, all right. Uh, Heenan's uh, five years into his run in the AWA. He moves. Uh, he goes to Georgia Championship for wrestling. Um AWA Commissioner Vern Gagne. It's weird that Gagne is also the commissioner and an active guy, but whatever. He never can. No, he can't separate himself from the product at all. And, and he can never, like, find a guy that's not him to take over for him. I know that's a, that's a reboot of what we talked about in the Gagne episode, but it really is kind of fascinating and or kind of sad that, like, Triple H is probably going to do the exact same thing where it's like.
1: Triple H is doing the exact same thing, but also look at. The difference is that Ganya once was over and in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. was fucking over, like Rover. The thing also, look at is look at all the support staff he had around him. He had mean Gene Okerland. Yeah. Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Eric Bischoff. Mm. As just a few examples. Also, Hulk Hogan. Also, the Road Warriors. Like, everyone went through there. If he had just been a little bit better at sharing control, doing that sort of stuff, modernizing, he could have expanded and crushed everyone. We'd be all w- watching fucking Greg Gagne being the fucking commissioner on Monday night, the wrestling time.
0: <laughs> no, it would have been, it would have been a Wednesday afternoon show because. No you don't think there would have ever been a Monday night ro- war to burn it on? Mm, no, there would have been a Wednesday. There would have been some sort of Wednesday afternoon tussle. Oh yeah! Welcome to the Sunday at Noon Shenanigans. <laughs> Welcome to the Waste Lock Wednesday Show. Here, there's well, Waste Lock's been going on for six months now. Yeah, Nick um, Bachwinkle is dead. He yeah he underrated as a certainly underrated as a talent. Yeah, but overrated as a man who ever went to a gym. <laughs> Nick
1: Bachwinkle. Like, and I'm saying this in comparison to some of the horrendous bodies that were going on at the time. Nick Bockwinkle's body, you're an athlete, you fucking asshole.
0: Bockwinkle didn't have that bad a body. His chest, he has an old woman chest. He does not have an old woman. chest. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. I'm trying to right now.
1: Um. So yeah, he goes to Georgia Championship Wrestling. Also at this time that there was talks that him and Blackjack Lanza were going to take over a territory as a way of shoring it up for the AWA. That never happened. and was later sold to Lanza and Ric Flair, where they proceeded to lose like both six figures
0: and never pay taxes. Because why would you when you're a registered He does not have a... Nick Bockwinkle does not have an old lady's chest. Yes, he does. Look at it. No, he doesn't. Look at it. He has a man's chest. No, that's an old woman's chest. That's a chest of a man. That's a man's... Oh, you know a lot about men's chests? Because you're gay. Ha ha! Figured it out. Why is that bad? You know why. <laughs> it's not. Goes against my religion. Oh, your religion? Oh, Scientology. Hate-filled being filled with hate. Alt right. Alt right. Breitbart. Bright Breitbart. Bright Breitbart. <laughs> forever. Oh, John's drawing Pepe the Frog on the wall again. Who's Pepe the Frog? You're you. He's the alt right thing. I don't know what that is. Where are the emails, killery. John has that tattooed on his neck. Oh yeah, I got. I have a. I have a back tattoo of Milo Yeska Popolos. What's that? The guy who got
1: kicked off Twitter for inciting a hate riot online against Lin- Leslie Jones? No.
0: no. Essentially because she's a black woman and to him that's bad? Yeah, because the Ghostbusters shouldn't have been anyone. There shouldn't have been Ghostbusters. Should have been Ghostbustmen. Ghostbustmen, please. Yeah. They're not hers. They're Ghostbustmen. We got sidetracked in a very fun S- way. Sexy way. Um. So Keenan managed Ken Patera, YOLO. The Yukon uh, Eric ooh, of his ooh, time. Ooh. Back episode roof roots. <laughs> 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 so we're up, basically we're up to the point eighty three. He suffers a serious neck injury against uh, Onita. Leg drop breaks his neck. Heenan doesn't have any kind of medical insurance, so it's just he. like I'll oh, walk that shit off. Yeah, I'm the brain in name only. Evidently, off I go. Yep, and then um. Vince McMahon just uh, offered him a bunch of fucking money, and then he left. And he left, came to the WWF, was
2: as
1: pivotable as Pivotal... What's Pivotable mean? What's Pivotable mean? Shut up,
0: shut up! What was the reason he went to the WWF? I think it's because... Bobby, it was Jesse Ventura. Yeah, he was supposed to manage Jesse Ventura. And who got
1: blood in his lungs, and then um, blood clots in his lungs, so then stopped being a wrestler and became the first ever heel commentator. Yes. And so then they started forming the Bobby Heenan family around him. Oh. That's actually not funny. Oh, you're right. That's actually not funny at all. Um, and it was also a way to also move away from Freddie Blassie, who was slowly taking a step back from the ring and was one of the sort of like old state guys that Vince McMahon's dad had put in place to make sure that the business carried forward. Now, I know Monsoon owned a piece of the company and was eventually paid off i think blassie did too but the difference was is that monsoon gorilla monsoon and Vince McMahon had a like a business relationship but freddie blassie mm-hmm. and like vince mcmahon were apparently like freddie blassie was like vinny you're a good boy i'll be the father you never had was like, <laughs> really
0: let me cry let me cry <laughs> Because even in the invasion thing, like uh, in the invasion, the final invasion pay-per-view, Freddie Blassie is the one that gives the speech to the WWF guys. It's because he was
1: also the best at giving speeches of anyone. Every Attitude Era pay-per-view starts with this weird gravelly voice talking about things. Yeah, that's Freddie Blassie. And you remember that sometimes men are men, and other men are put on poles, and if they lose those matches. They don't have a job.
0: <laughs>
1: much like in ancient Greece. The
0: only thought. <laughs> <they> in <all laughs> like in ancient Greece, you put your wife on a pole. Yeah. And if the man is the first to grab the briefcase with the duck penis in it, you lose your life. Yeah. <laughs> like, much <laughs> like in ancient Greece, things go on a pole and then you win those things. Bye-bye ooh is this a phone call
1: I'm old here's the one thing though and it's the best is Freddie Blassie he's wheeled out on a wheelchair Mm -hmm. like he dies so soon after this it's crazy Um, and it's uh, Devon get the tables and they miss the cue to the point that Steve Austin is at ringside and goes
2: hey 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 hey.
1: listen to Freddie Blassie and he just puts the microphone behind his face and just goes Devon
0: and then he like lights up and goes Get the tables. It's so <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> That's super funny. Heenan became Big John Studd's ma- big show judge
1: manager and feuds with under the Giant, leading to their body slam challenge at WrestleMania One, where they were fighting over it's either two hundred and fifty or 000, oh, the, a hundred thousand dollars. Oh,
0: the body slam? No, the body slam challenge was for fifteen thousand. Was it only for fifteen thousand? Yeah. Holy. Because you had to make it a believable amount of money that these people would have. You can't be like the body slam challenge for a quadillion D blue. Oh my god they do it all the
1: time in wrestling they did Rick Flair if you do the calculations of the amount of money he paid for whatever clothing he's wearing he's
0: wearing a million dollars in fucking linens <laughs> That's great But that's Rick Flair it's not Big John Stud I would What believe- do I want from Big John Stud Accuracy. Accuracy of character, John. Something that always bugged me about Big John Stud, his robe
1: did not match his uh, trunks, and that bugged the shit out of me as a kid. Why?
0: Black robe with white trunks. What the fuck are you doing? They're both shades, though. Who gives a fuck? I do. You do? Yeah. Why would you care about that? I
1: don't know. Why do you care about all the things you care about? Good point.
0: Uh, So... Big John Studd, first he feuded with uh, Hogan, then he feuded with Andre. Uh, eventually, how did Andre uh, join Bobby Heenan? Oh, let me tell you the tale. They were rewarding two trophies, one for
1: Andre the Giant for being undefeated for either 10 or his entire career. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For never, beaten, yeah. for never being beaten. For never being beaten a Piper's Pit. And then Hogan got a much bigger trophy for just <laughs> being the champion <laughs> for three years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he got pissed off, and it was set up between Jesse Ventura and Roddy Piper. Yeah, they both be there. They had the titles, and uh, Andre shows up with Bobby Heenan, and Hogan loses his fucking mind, and then Andre just grabs him by the shirt and rips the shirt off, um, signifying that there was that was sort of some sort of problem. And he walks out. He comes back to Piper's Pit two weeks later, grabs Hogan and goes. I'll be at WrestleMania 3, and the only reason I dare is to challenge you for the WWF title. And then he walks out again. And, then, and that's the only time that they're together. And then Andre they see each other in the ring at wrestlemania 3 bobby heenan by the way does this amazing thing where he comes out in a completely different tuxedo for the main event than he'd been wearing the entire event it's also built up by the fact that jesse Ventura is constantly talking about how excited he is for his friend bobby heenan to get his first managed uh, managed champion he'd never managed a champion in the wwf and it was an amazing through line to remind you always what the main event was always what the most important match was but seeing bobby heenan throughout the night it's fucking why i miss managers because it gave the whole thing a nice cohesive edge
0: yeah and it makes sense to have managers because like like i said if it's a thread towards real fighting if you want to make it like a a play fighting uh role play uh then that's like then you can have managers because obviously managers and it makes the wrestlers more special because the you can have someone promote the match who's not the wrestler so, in a way, you're promoting the match. It, yeah. It, I mean, Heyman does it with Lesnar. Heyman does it exceptionally. Yeah. Bring out good. Heyman. He does, oh, Lesnar's here's what Lesnar wants me to tell you. And then you see, oh, my God, Brock Lesnar's here now. It just you get two separate pops. So, uh, Andre the Giant wins that match. J- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, I see what you did. I did something really funny. You're very good at everything. That's actually really funny by me. I'm very funny. His neck injury uh, catches up with him, though. Um Heenan during the Heenan during this time message uh, messages. <laughs> manages uh he manages Rick Rude. Uh like you said, he, uh, the aforementioned uh Ultimate Warrior match. Rick Rude apparently didn't like Bobby Heenan because he said he was trying to steal his heat. Yeah, Rick Rude also
1: to get the TV title back from him, uh he showed Eric Bischoff a gun.
0: Okay. And Good. also repeatedly threatened to kill Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> But this is the part where you're talking about he does aggravate his neck injury, though, does he not?
1: He does... No! Because this is... If we're talking about Rick It's slightly... It's before this. It's when Under the Giant and Ultimate Warrior were feuding. So this was in between the two... It's in between, so... The super big rise which was the first thing that got ultimate warrior over which is him beating hercules hernandez then the transitional feud they do which is under the giant versus ultimate warrior that they wanted to do more for the problem with his andre couldn't really move and ultimate warrior was a bag of shit wrestler um so they um had to put a pin in it then they moved towards rick rude challenging ultimate warrior for the intercontinental championship which resulted in Ultimate Warrior hurting Bobby Heenan again by giving him a Gorilla Press Slam, which instead of protecting him, he literally just drops him on the ground at WrestleMania Five after Bobby Heenan cost him the Intercontinental Championship against Rick Rude, <laughs> which leads the following match, which is him versus the Red Rooster, which was supposed to be Bobby Heenan versus the Red Rooster. They just had to go get anyone, and it turned out to be the Brooklyn ba- brawler Steve Lombardi Jesus. to walk to the ring with Bobby Heenan.
0: And... Uh, of course, fucking Brooklyn Baller got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> Brawler. It's very interesting though, because Heenan does wrestle most wrestle. Heenan does manage most of the most of the best wrestlers in the Fed during this time. You. Me, nice. The brain busters. Nice. But he does met man- he manages he comes out of retirement pretty much to manage Ric Flair.
1: Yeah, but that's a bit later on. This is all WrestleMania 5, and then that leads to WrestleMania 6, where his big thing is the colossal connection. Yeah. All that sort of... It's winding down until Mr. Perfect comes in, Mm -hmm. or Mr. Perfect has the coach. Mm -hmm. The coach sells Mr. Perfect to Bobby Heenan. Mm -hmm. Mr. Perfect is Bobby Heenan's last big client. Mm -hmm. Then he... at Basically, WrestleMania 7, he moves over and does half of the commentary of that pay-per-view, begins the awesome fucking commentary team of Grilla Monsoon... And Bobby Heenan because fucking Bobby and Heenan is so fucking funny at just calling Gorilla Monsoon
0: fat. But that's the th- Here's the weird thing people don't realize is that you think of iconic announcers and you think of the best announcers. Who do you think of? You think of like Jim Ross. You think of iconic teams. You think of Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, and then like Gorilla Monsoon. And Ventura is actually yeah. probably a bit more iconic.
1: Yeah. You don't and really think of Bobby Heenan, although because the thing is, Bobby. Heenan- no, you think of Heenan and. Gr- heenan and gorilla as a tv duo but they're like their commentary was great but i always i actually will be honest i always preferred gorilla
0: and jesse i thought were more complimentary to each other Mm -hmm. than Heenan. well jesse was sir like heenan was great um jesse was certainly more serious yeah um but what i will say is this uh that i'm just saying that was really only a couple years of monsoon and heenan Mm-hmm. and uh, really a couple of years of Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, um, you got Michael Cole JBL going on like fucking like 10 years. <laughs> also, the thing to never forget,
1: uh, who worked together out of the pairings of Lawler and uh, Ross and Heenan and uh, Gorilla?
0: Who worked together? What do you mean?
1: Heenan and Ross did one WrestleMania together and apparently never really got along as professionals. Really? Well, Heenan's, very, Heenan's very much he's very different schools he's also very much the wwf school it's all entertainment you don't really actually call the match but you just progress the storyline mm-hmm. and jim ross is a combination of that style and of actually going of bill goddamn kick. watts yeah
0: last dust off on heenan as a manager um he does have a show uh called the bobby heenan show he had the talk show parody oh we fucking skipped over fucking tuesday night or the fucking uh wwf primetime, yeah. which is <laughs> He, had he co-hosted team. it with Jameson Winger and uh, obvi- and had uh, some fat women he called the Oinkats that he the
1: Oinkats that then went on to be part of primetime wrestling. Beautiful, um, because he get fat women out there, Bobby. Okay, Vince. And who were those fat women, by the way? Two fans. <laughs> that Bobby Heenan would speak to from the ring they always came to every show at Hershey, Pennsylvania. Really? That's how we called them the Honkets. They found them somewhere. That's how they found them. He was part of Primetime Wrestling, which is where you would know him from just talking with Gorilla Monsoon on cable. Yeah. And just being very funny. It's extensively covered in Bruce Pritchard's podcast. They threw 4 hours on that fucking show. Really? Yeah it's a great podcast everybody i would highly recommend it <laughs> if you think our po- imagine our podcast minus the penis jokes and vague racial insensitivity and add don't
0: tell them about the better podcast god damn it they can listen to more than one podcast we're not in a w- no they can't we're not in a war with bruce pritchard we've clearly won what if we were though
1: That I'd comment on how his he has the worst double chin I've ever seen. Yeah. And that it's not that he has two chins one on top of the other.
0: It's he has no chins. He
1: has three chins bulging out of each side of his face. You
0: have no chins. You got no chins. No chin, Bruce. No No chin, chin, Bruce. Bruce. No, no Chan Bruce. Bruce. All right, we're gonna take a break now, and go find Bruce Fitchard and fuck someone he cares about. We're also gonna find Bruce Pritchard because Bruce Fitchard, not a fucking.
1: Shut person. the fuck up! Hey, Dylan, we'd rather do this break really fast. Go.
0: Okay, uh, please rate, subscribe the Wrestler Review, and we have websites. Please buy our albums off our websites: thejohnhastings.com and got the, cup. the A is for attentive. We're back from break. Woo. Okay, so what? Uh, we're entering the commentary part of his career. And also. What was that? Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's theme song? Boom, boom, beam, boom,
1: Oh, God. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, in that run, they bring him back for less than a year and dress him like an actual dragon. It's so embarrassing.
0: Why do they do that?
1: Because he's an
0: animal. Jesus Christ. But this is
1: also when he's also the half-manager of uh, Ric Flair, and it's so good. Mm. Oh, yeah, the it's not fair to Flair. The breakdown he has during WrestleMania 8 is amazing, where uh, Ric Flair loses the belt to Macho Man Randy Savage, and they have a match, which is Skinner and Owen Hart. No, Tatanka and someone else. And fucking Bobby Heenan is just trying to fight Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, my God. So good. He tells him to stand up. Tells him to put down his hot dog. He threatens to jump. <laughs> it's so funny.
0: He is very, very funny. Um, this is—I didn't know he—he. He, this is during uh, on commentary is when he first started saying ham and eggers in humanoids. Yeah, and started referring to himself as a broadcast journalist. <laughs> yeah, he's a broadcast journalist and. When he and Gorilla Monsoon were like, would you stop? Like they were all just flirting. Yeah, they were. They they definitely loved No, each other. don't d- do it to me, Bobby. I love. I
1: love them. Don't do it, Bobby. Um, I think it was an amazing sort of extension of the character having him packaged with Ric Flair in that way because it was again, it was another way to keep Ric Flair in the conscious of everyone, get Ric Flair over all that yeah. sort of stuff. The relationship came to a fractious end when. Bobby was put on the road to monitor Ric Flair and Ric Flair kept him awake for three days getting drunk <laughs> and they're flying into New York and Bobby had a bad neck and it was really inflamed at the time from all the alcohol because all his bones dried out yeah. and he started screaming, I hope all your hair falls out and comes back red, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's great. And he got re- they replaced him with Kurt Henning, which is like, oh, let's replace this reasonable father of a daughter with... Pill popper friend of
0: Wade Boggs. (laughs) (laughs) He basically only liked gambling and pills. He didn't say pills. He just said gambling. He was like a really quiet dude who liked gambling. And
1: pills, as it turned out. (laughs)
0: Pills are like, I I imagine what potheads are, where it's like, you're going to smoke weed no matter what. You don't need someone else to smoke weed. Yeah. Like oh my god that guy smokes weed oh my god that guy does pills like pills are clearly worse than pot and you can you clearly they're an epidemic and i would say even worse than drinking pills are but they're not as bad socially as it being an alcoholic yeah. is where it's like rick flair's like we got a party bobby and it's just like no please don't yeah like what <laughs> what's that yeah. smell Oh, Especially it's where it's like. Skin. Who's that weird guy getting drunk with that old man? Like, if you don't know wrestling, you just think, like, that bleach First blonde all, hair weirdo is getting you, drunk with that old man? No, no. It would be, what's with that bleach blonde
1: tanned man wearing a robe? I can see his dick. We're in <laughs> a Chili's. It's 8 a.m. Rick Flair used to order a tray of kamikazes and then intentionally knock it over. Really? There was some story, I can't remember it, where. They made a joke. Ric Flair was there at one of the legends of the round table and they were like, "Uh uh you knock drinks over all the time. And then there's another shoot shoot interview where someone else is like, yeah, he'd buy like a hundred drinks and then knock 90 of them over (laughs) and be like, I bought, I drank a hundred drinks. And they're like, you didn't. You did drink still 10 double vodkas and lime juices (laughs) and 40 beers. Like
0: you're still an animal. So would he, I thought he would just order 10 drinks. I would, I thought he would order around for the table. Like, you're at a table. Imagine how funny it would be if you're at a table with 40 people and then you order four. And let's say you order 41 drinks, you get two for yourself. You take your two drinks and then kick the tray the waiter's <laughs> holding and then just go no one else drinks Woo! <laughs> and then just and then just start screaming like that would be super fun from what i that's led- what i would do f- with my money if i was rich i would oh, dylan? i would just like 10 drinks for everybody and then smash the thing and then laugh and- a wealthy dylan got because uh, dylan when he gets
1: white girl wasted is just an aggressive animal man <laughs> yeah Although take, uh, that being it. said, I once did break his glasses, and then he fixed it with a knife at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so,
0: six was it six? Yeah, it was like six in the a.m. It was bad times at Ridgemont High. Wow, we drank so much that night. It was it was one of the yo-lowest nights in my yo life. I remember. Being, you only live once, life. I remember feeling like I was so much drunker than you and Paul. By the way, yeah, you stopped. You, get, you lost the ability to speak at, at a point. I have to pee-pee. I'm pee-peeing.
1: Um, all right. So let's take a quick segue into me discussing the latter half of Bobby Heenan's career. So after Ric Flair leaves uh, on one of the first episodes of Monday Night Raw in a loser leaves town match against Kurt Henning, which is a great way to get Ric Flair out of the company and also make sure he's not used properly in WCW... Um, Bobby Heenan embarks on a great time of just being a great commentator, constantly siding with the heels, constantly being fucking hilarious. They pair him with Vince McMahon on Monday Night Raw, and he constantly refers to him as McMahon, Man, uh, completely putting him over. Jim Cornette debuts right after WrestleMania 9. Let's talk about WrestleMania 9. It was an unmitigated disaster. Don't build an arena in a parking lot, Vince McMahon, you stupid fuck. And then uh, put everyone in togas for no reason whatsoever. Oh, it's a toga party. Don't you get it? Yeah, we all get it, Vince. Stop it. Stop it right now. Oh, all right, I will. Um, Jim Ross debuts at this pay per view. It's a way of transitioning away from Gorilla Monsoon. Vince McMahon sees the writing on the wall and is trying to identify the product with a new sound and moving towards a new generation. Hence Hulk Hogan not being in the main event and Bret Hart being in the main event. We all know what happens there. Hulk Hogan somehow wins the championship whatever. Bobby Heenan uh, constantly sides with Mr. Fuji, uh, does claim at different points, although I don't know if he necessarily claimed it on the pay-per-view that he spoke Japanese, and that's why he was friends with Mr. Fuji. Um, Dylan is now going to come in and talk about a shoot
0: interview where Bobby Heenan just says Japs a lot. <laughs> no, another part, for sure he says Jap a bunch, um, but another interesting part didn't of the interview... Clo- oh, you didn't close the fucking door! I did it. <laughs> the other thing he mentions is that in WCW they didn't want him to be funny. That like
1: we Bischoff got- always said gotten like don't w-
0: we haven't, gotten don't w-
1: we haven't got we haven't gotten to WCW yet. What are you talking about? I was just talking about how uh the time he said Japs a bunch. He just says japs. Yeah. Alright, I was just talking about how He's he- just an old man. He, he just claimed he claimed to speak Japanese.
0: Uh, <laughs> when was that? I, I remember in the He's league. got like a bunch of like, if you watch, because oh everyone God. will be like, oh, Bobby Heenan's so funny. He is If real. you watch the early 90s shit, it's just a bunch of him like, like I forget who comes in. Tenru does like a Royal Rumble or something like that. And Bobby Heenan's just like,
3: yeah, this guy, uh, this
0: guy likes cat sandwiches. <laughs> it's just like a bunch <laughs> of like, sometimes it's like he's being silly, but sometimes it's just like, I do not like, well. It's Maybe like, it's just he's a heel. He you really, can always couch that as a being a heel, He's right? being
1: a heel, but he's a funny heel. Like when Miss Elizabeth rushes into the ring at WrestleMania 7, and everyone's really happy, and women are legitimately crying in and around ringside, and Bobby Heenan just keeps saying it's disgusting because <laughs> he's a loser.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's good stuff. It's great
1: stuff. <laughs> um, eventually, um, Vince McMahon... Partly Vince McMahon and partly Eric Bischoff offers him a bungload of money in
0: anticipation of Hogan getting to WCW. Well, McMahon also says, hey, do you want... I'll give you three years guaranteed, but for a 50% pay cut, and then he just goes WCW.
1: Yeah, it's just because it's also Vince McMahon realizes that he wants to rebrand his product, go into a new direction, Which you know what I actually think was a bad idea. I think Bobby Heenan would have been an amazing character to have floating around, Allah being one of the Stooges in the Attitude Era. I don't know if he would have made it that far, and he couldn't have been physically involved like the other guys were.
0: Yeah, the Stooges thing, the Stooges thing. I see where you're coming from, but I don't think he could be there in the Attitude Era. Like, just his brand of like silly humor. I don't know. It could have him would have been like I don't know. He could have been Jerry Lawler and just been like I love tits. Like (laughs) if he would have turned to I love tits, Bobby. Bobby the brains Heenan, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's all about getting that dick sucked. <laughs> he just keeps putting his balls on women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's what by he. By the had way, everyone, definitely an idea that was proposed by Vince Russo <laughs> the day he <laughs> wrote him. because Jerry Lawler, for the first times he was a commentator, was just doing a bad Bobby Bobby the brain Heenan, and then for the next. Doing a bad Bobby the Brain, he- I think he was just doing Bobby the Brain. He was just here. doing Bobby the Brain. He- yeah, and then and then once it was like, plus you love titties. That's when he really became a good commentator.
1: In the same way, uh,
0: <laughs> one of the other things. Plus, I love titties. One of the
1: other said. things was proposed that he would go back to being a manager, but for mm-hmm. Yokozuna, that doesn't work out. So they bring in Jim Cornette. The other person who was up for that spot was me. Paulie dangerously was going to be brought in. Free Riri, Free Riri? But instead, went to ECW. I mean,
0: I think he would have been better if he was Yokozuna's manager. And there would have been no ECW? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I think we we wouldn't have the Sandman episode that was a delight. Yeah,
0: but I think it would have been better if he was Yokozuna's manager. I
1: agree. Uh, And also, by the way, if you've never seen Jim Cornette's debut, they fucking put him over so well by he walks out to the middle of the ring, Bobby Heenan gets up from commentary, runs to the ring, and starts screaming, Jimmy! Jimmy, you're here! And basically saying to the fans, like, this is the new me. Remember... If you've watched the videotapes of me four or five years ago, remember how, like what I did? Yeah. He's going to do that
0: now. Yeah. He was really good at, like, you think of Bobby Heenan, and the reason why you don't think of him as a new era like, announcer like they have now, who just tries to say funny stuff, but it doesn't really work, is yeah. a, a, he's funnier than that. Like, all his lines are really quick. Like, he doesn't, like, long, drawn-out... Um. There's this kind of thing now, I don't know if this makes any sense, but there's a kind of thing now where people are okay, and I mean, this is just a great example of it, like wh- exactly what we're doing, where people are like in love with their own voices. Yeah, And it's kind of silly for me to say this on a fucking podcast Yeah, there's so many of these that are like, we just get high with comics and talk chat. But yeah. Uh, tell us about your process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Bobby Heenan really is a great example of one thing that they really had right back in the like, honestly, like 60s to the 90s where it's like he was... If his, if you didn't find him funny, if you he did, here's what you could say about him is that he fucking got his shit in and then he fucked off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, here's... I have a joke, Gorilla Monsoon. You are fat. Like, that's how <laughs> yeah. lo- that is how long <laughs> the jokes take. And like, oh, the thing's happening. always oh, he's the a ring. loser. He's a woman. Yeah, but when push came to shove, like, you ever seen like Sabu's WCW debut? Yeah, where where he we t- just talk. He just puts over the Sheik and uh, Sabu. And by the way, Sheik... Uh, Bobby Heenan, uh, his thought was the Sheik is the be- greatest heel in the history of professional wrestling mm-hmm. because he, had, he didn't say anything and he made money for 30 years, which is very interesting. And uh, once again, speaks to – and it's kind of bizarre because Heenan's like, oh, wrestling, why don't we say it's fake? And the Sheik, as we've said on this podcast a thousand times, like – Sabu didn't know it was a gimmick until he was a man. Yeah. Sabu
1: um, didn't understand why his grand, his uncle, the Sheik, ate dinner in the living room when one of his employees was in his house. <laughs> but,
0: like, the Sheik... The Sheik kept kayfabe in his house. <laughs> but that... But... So the Sheik... He gets the Sheik over, like, he could fight Hulk Hogan next week. Yeah. In this, like... Sabu enhancement match and, and he's Sabu just like this man because what he would like Heenan would do this great thing where he would take literally it would take him a minute and a half to be like this man is dangerous this man is a problem you can't you know what I mean like uh, you cannot you you must watch for this man because he is insane blah 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 blah, blah. well it's a like, couple
1: of things Heenan going to WCW Eric Bischoff asks him to tone down the comedy so he becomes this sort of weird mix of a guy who's definitely siding with the heels mm-hmm. but also clearly the wrestling expert on the mic because yeah. Tony Schiavone blatantly does not like wrestling and likes baseball. Like,
0: <laughs> but the other thing about Bobby Heenan is he still does say like hilarious
1: stuff. things. He says
0: things constantly.
1: Yeah, like when he claims to um, when during Hog Wild when Woman and Elizabeth are escorting her Flair. By the Blaine. way,
0: as far as like. And he keeps we were ta- talking one week. we wrestling pay per views that could be pornos. Hog wild! As oh well, my yeah. god! It probably is a porno. <laughs> Hog wild! <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, they uh, he um, he just goes look at the gams and then Giovanni goes gams. He goes, you know, legs. Those things, they're great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he also he also to his detriment towards the end of like I think it was like ninety eight. Once everything's kind of sewn up. As being like, okay, this is down. He flat out, for all the good things about Bobby Heenan, he flat out does not take Mexican wrestling seriously, and he does not take Japanese wrestling too. Ser- like, he takes Japanese wrestling seriously, but not Mexican wrestling. No, like, he does not. The luchador hardcore match where, like, Psychosis, I think Psychosis does a suicide dive, and then La Parca hits him just on the fucking head with a chair, yeah. and Bobby Heenan's laughing. Yeah, no. He was just laugh. like fucking. He would just wow. he
1: would just constantly in the uh, uh, for like a year. Anytime Ray Mysterio would get in the ring, all Bobby Heenan would talk about was the time that Kevin Nash threw him
0: into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, don't take this seriously. Don't take these people seriously. Absolutely lovely mic hit. I just dropped it against my chest. Nice.
1: Um, absolutely, but. Uh, Bobby Heenan is integral to the NWO getting over, even though he does absolutely reveal it too early. When you watch Hulk Hogan walking to the fucking ring, if you listen closely, everyone's like, oh, thank God Hogan's here. And then Bobby Heenan just goes, but why is he here? Why would he be here? And, And then just stops
0: talking. Whose side is he on? Yeah. No, but that's the thing is that Heenan would do that though. Like there's a third man. Whose side is he on? He's never trusted Hulk Hogan his entire career. That's completely in line with his character. I know, but a lot of people are like, ah. You and sh- the great thing about, yeah, a lot of people can suck my dick. What? Hashtag Dick Lurian. Chugga, 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 my dick. You're going to have to shut up because you're fat. Hashtag there he <laughs> Whoa. is. Whoa. Um,
1: the other thing to remember is, yes, and Bobby Heenan during the NWO is amazing because all he does is talk about how right he was. The yeah. entire time,
0: and it's great because it plays. It's one of the few moments in wrestling history where it's like, the heel was right. The heel was absolutely a the heel was right. right, and be like his motivation doesn't change. Like he's his motivation doesn't have to change. He doesn't have to be like, oh, I hate this guy now because he's invading our company, and like turn into, like he can still be a heel announcer because the babyface who we always hated is now the heel. Completely, he doesn't have to switch cuz there is so many examples of that in wrestling where it's like a guy completely as a char- forget about wrestling and heel as a character has to switch his motivation now because of this, you know? And then later on when Goldberg gets big, he if you watch the Goldberg Hogan match, I think that's the best like it's kind of weird because it's kind of like I don't know if there's a I don't I don't know you can probably make a good uh correlation between an actor in this but i don't know about a, like an athlete or something but literally like he's great from basically until he gets wcw and it's the same thing where it's like why would i try hard these people are just giving me the most money i've ever seen in my life and eight people are telling me eight different things so i'll just go out there and fucking lay an egg or whatever But and it does good work he does good work uh, he he does good work occasionally because i do remember an angle where he managed rick flair where he came out of retirement and they said, uh, are you his manager? And he said, no, I'm his advisor. Or I forget what he said, but he was like, I'm, a, I'm not a manager. I'm not managing. I'm banned from managing. I can't manage. I'm, a, I'm advising uh, purely, you know? So he did good work there. But the best work he ever does for my money is the fucking Goldberg-Hogan match in the, in, in the George Dome. Oh, my
1: God, yes. Yeah,
0: because he's just like, the entire time Goldberg's like signaling for it, Heenan's doing the thing. Like that, CM Punk did when he first won his first title, where he's just putting a fucking timer on it. Like he's making urgency for it. He's like, Stop taunting. Get him. Yeah. (laughs) Get him. And then. Well, he just. And he goes,
1: And when he hits him with the spear, he goes, Now finish him. Yeah. Like like, you're like, Holy shit. This, because in the character of Bobby Heenan, this is what Bobby Heenan has been waiting for for 20 years.
0: Yeah. No longer than that.
1: No, it'd be 20 years. 78.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy eight. Yeah. Twenty years he's been waiting for this. And uh and it even at the start of the match when he's like when he just describes basically Goldbergs and their motivation where he's like He's like, Goldberg, you're very tough, whatever, but this is this is the man you've been hearing about your whole life. Your whole life you've been hearing about how tough this Hogan is. And now you're experiencing it. And then like just how quiet the announcers get while Hogan's on the outside beating up Goldberg, where they're like, oh, fuck, this is just happening again, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, our only hope is done.
1: My one thing is, imagine how much more iconic... I wish that it had been a pay-per-view. Because I love WCW, especially this area. For a
0: fan, though. For a fan. Oh, my
1: God, I remember watching it. It was
0: way better because... Everyone can see it now.
1: I even remember knowing what it was. Like, you knew what it was because we get Nitro on Wednesdays in Mm -hmm. Canada. So, you'd know that you knew that Hogan had won. I don't know how Mm -hmm. I knew, but I knew he'd won or he'd lost, rather. But even with the whole thing of Scott Hall coming out, we're like, Mm -hmm. Bobby Heenan is incensed. It's an absolute good call. The Ric Flair angle was a great example. The NWO in general was a good example. And even when things made sense, he was great. When Bret Hart debuts, Keenan's great in putting him over as a wrestler, but constantly saying, I never trusted him either. He was always like Hogan. He's always two-faced. Yeah, He always played into certain stuff like that. I thought it was great. He was justifiably shocked when it called for it. Other times he was indignant. The moment where he talks about phoning it in was when he got the signal to wrap up when he was giving a tribute to his best friend, Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. and couldn't stop crying on air. Mm-hmm. That's when he was like, I stop trying right then. You can go. Fuck, fuck you. Your, yeah.
0: Fuck yourselves. And the uh, another thing I want to say that he did really well was, <laughs> whenever, whenever the NWO would come and attack the announcer booth, he would just be like, "Oh, here you go. Thank you," and then run away.
1: Yeah. Oh, the best.
0: Like because that was the that more than anything, well, part was the- what he loved about wrestling was, like it sounds weird, but through his whole career and the way he thinks wrestling should be and everything is. Beg off like coward, like the bad guy should be a fucking coward, and that's how he wrestled. Oh, yeah, in night in the 60s, and that's how he managed in the 80s. And that's and exactly gets and it's kind of funny because he gets since his neck hurts, it's kind of weird because well, also, his he neck takes hurts. a decade, he takes basically a decade off of using the cowering, I'm gonna run away thing, and then but if you notice even how him, he cowers, he's because his neck
1: you couldn't touch him, you weren't allowed to touch him, it was yeah, in everyone's was, contract. Except for one guy broke that contract. Who? Brian Pillman, which led to a clip oh, you yeah. can't find on the internet. Oh, where he calls him a fucking idiot? Yeah, he goes, what the fuck are you doing, you fucking idiot? Yeah. Which I'm like, I want to see that clip. I can't find it.
0: What does Pillman do again? He
1: just grabs, grabs him. him. And- you can't touch him. Yeah. It's essentially, it's something that basically where it's like his head is
0: floating atop his body. Jesus Christ. And it's just a pool of nerves. Ten years, you break your neck. And then 10 years, you just don't get it, get the surgery, though. Yeah. I don't think he's ever gotten the surgery, because then later on, he gets
1: jaw cancer, and now, I love Bobby Heenan. I can't watch, I can't look at him. I'm just like, this is the saddest thing in the world. Yeah, he goes full Ebert. Oh, it's fucking brutal.
0: Hey, man, him. Like, it's kind of crazy that two of the, like, better talking, two of the great broadcasters of
1: the 90s are now two of the great oh god what happens of the 2000s look at your chin yeah
0: look at your chin
1: yeah uh interesting thing with Bobby heenan wcw closes never really brought into the fed in any serious way well he did the uh gimmick battle royal did the yeah but oakland's brought back and does confidential and does a bunch of stuff and becomes a broadcaster again Mm -hmm. they could have easily done that with bobby but they just never did
0: Yes, but you only need, to be fair, you only need one guy to do that and they probably just didn't want to pay a second person. And the other thing about Heenan is this is another thing where he, pro- I'm, I'm guessing this, um, but he just wants to be with his wife. He is a WWE Hall of Famer, which I mean, who isn't?
1: Yeah, he's the WWE Hall. He's part of the WWE Hall of Fame class, the yep. one
0: that he did in for WrestleMania 20. You know, the good one. And if you've ever seen this, I do want to talk about this. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but you, it's it's a very uh, cool thing. One of the best, one of the best territory things I think I've ever seen, and it does happen in uh, in uh, all right. So in 2004, uh, Jim Cornette and Bobby Heenan have a and I think Cold Cabana is in this match too. Fuck who was in it? I think it was Cold Cabana versus like BJ Whitmer or something. But one of them Cabana's managed by uh Heenan. I'm sure any, anybody on Twitter you can correct me on this. Anyway, uh Cabana's managed by Heenan. Whitmer's managed by uh Jim Cornette and they basically have because uh, Ring of Honor did this when they first came out. Like you these are wrestling nerds. So we are going to do nerd things for just the wrestlers. So like the Midnight Express – Rock and Roll Express angle where the Midnight Express go like, oh, we had some great matches. The Rock and Roll Express are just such fucking good heels because they just look like shit guys from the south, and they're like, we fucked everyone, and you guys are fags. <laughs> like that's basically <laughs> what they do. And then Cornette always comes out and says, "I was always in your shadow. I'm better than you, Bobby Heenan. I'll prove it tonight. I'm not gonna outmanage you." And it's this really fucking great thing where Cornette tries to cheat, and then Heenan just cheats better than him. Oh And yes. it's just the entire match is just them out cheating each other. It's fucking great. You should definitely watch it. I think it's like one of my favorite. It's one. It's the only time I've seen something like that in wrestling where it's like, I'm a better heel than you is the story of the match. And everyone's rooting for the guy who's the better heel. Because well,
1: Bobby Heenan is also is part of any wrestling fan's childhood. He's yeah. as iconic as Hulk Hogan to anyone who grew up with the WWF. Second only to Hulk, like Hulk Hogan, second is Bobby Heenan, I would say.
0: Yeah. Hulk
1: Hogan's second to Bobby Heenan. I would say second to Hulk Hogan is Bobby Heenan in terms of iconic images of the WWF. Because also, if you look no, at No, it, it's Andre the Giant. No, for me,
0: it's Bobby Heenan. For you? For me? No, for iconic images of WWF, it's like, he's Heenan's way down there.
1: No. You're wrong about this and most things. Son of a bitch. Um, best thing about Bobby Heenan, Dylan
0: got. I th- can't think about the best thing. Promos. He was the best fucking promos. But I want to go deeper than that. Okay,
1: go deeper. I want to go
0: deep. I want to go deep. How about this? Here's, my, here's the best thing about Bobby Heenan for me. Uh, I think he is the only example of this in pro wrestling where the man was an active character for. If you include the 2004 thing. I do. 44 years. Holy 44 fuck. 44 years this guy was an active character. He never changed his character at all. And he was effective the entire time. 44 years playing the exact same character. The only guy that can touch that is like Ric Flair. And Ric Flair is not playing. And he got less TV time than Ric Flair. He got more TV time than Ric Flair does, if you think about it. And also Ric Flair's not
1: playing the same character now. Now Ric, yeah. Ric Flair is playing the sad uncle of the guy who used to be the nwa champion
0: <laughs> but that's but that's what i mean though right like rick flair goes in and out of being like yeah because even rick flair when he first not first wins the title but the flair for the gold in 83 yeah but, playing the like i'm a oh, family was it man 83
1: no it wasn't it, it was, was in, in
0: one it was in 52 fuck you man <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> uh! it was in 92 you bitch no, the flare for the gold, the Harley race
1: shit. Oh, yeah, that was actually in '82.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, come is coming out of me. Oh, Stop yes. Stop shouting. Uh, I'm serious. I'm not shouting. No, i we're org- record, Next
1: time we record at your house, I'm literally record. I'm yelling everything I say, and John, I'm only yelling John, secrets John, about your relationship. John, John,
0: John. John. There are no secrets because my relationship is bulletproof. Secondly, uh this is London, England. If I whisper something, they can hear it <laughs> in the <laughs> south end of like I remember uh my girlfriend was saying, "Oh, you hey. have a girlfriend? Why are you lying to our listeners?" My wife. Oh, my my was it. saying, "Uh hey, we'll get uh, we live in a house share so she was like, "Hey, we'll get when some of us want to stay up and drink and others have to get up, I'll put this table in like uh the pantry room so it'll be like a dining room so we can all get drunk." Around the table, and mm-hmm. then no one will be able to hear it. And then I explained to her, like, "Honey, I can hear when the people two doors down take a shit bag. <laughs> like, was- you actually, I've heard shits from next door Nobody that I can tell were at like the far right of the house. No, yeah, and it was, t- but it was two doors down because it's like a, it's like a what is semi? They have a house that's attached. Yeah, there's just a wall in between, and one and ours is like semi detached. So I can hear something like, yeah, I've heard them fight before. Uh their baby used to get me up when it was like the baby's now like 2. To I've never seen these people and I've never seen their baby and I know the baby's too because I can cuz I can hear it like talk now and I'm like, oh, thank God it just doesn't cry awake anymore." Um that's what living in London, England like is really nice. And um but you will hear you will have a creepy knowledge of people you haven't met because you can hear them. <laughs> who else had a creepy knowledge of people they hadn't met?
1: Bobby the Brain Heenan.
0: Back to you, Dylan. Okay, what's the worst thing about Bobby the Brain Heenan?
1: Ring attire. Oh. He dressed like Andre the Giant in those horrible singlet, sling, 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 like
0: singlets. Like singlets. Signalets. I like those. Well, I don't understand why no, no one has this one tit out. You know who <laughs> ma- tried to make that look popular in like the mid-2000s was Adam Pierce, And uh, Adam Pierce was fucking... I don't know if you ever. I mean, well, I'm assuming we'll never have an Adam Pierce episode, but I don't know if you ever saw that guy wrestle, but it was the best. Based on the amount of people we've
1: promised a re- an uh, episode of and never gotten to, we're never getting to an Adam Pierce episode.
0: Well, Adam Pierce wore, like, Kareem Abdul Jabbar's goggles. Oh. And looked yes. exactly like Barry Darso. And people would yell, Repo Man at him. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> um. And, uh, yeah, I think the one showing one nipple when you're out of shape is great. I disagree, but we don't have to agree on everything. I think my favorite thing about Bobby the Brain Heenan... Sorry. I think my least favorite thing about Bobby the Brain Heenan is... um, Well, I'd like to say another good thing about Bobby the Brain Heenan... Oh, go ahead. Break all the rules. Rules are made to be broken by my dick. (laughs) I think a good thing was, honestly, his neck injury because I don't think... Having him as a – if he was a manager still, he would have just been like, how am I supposed to hate everyone this guy brings out? I don't hate Bobby the Brain Heenan, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely, and it's also –
0: He could – Bobby the Brain Heenan could, if he was on commentary – He could be a heel. He didn't have to be cheered or booed because he was never in front of the camera to elicit a reaction from the audience. You could have some people hate him because they're new viewers or they're children and they're like, this guy's bad, I don't like that. But the old viewers who have been watching it for a million years could be like, I love Bobby the Brain fucking Heenan. And they could watch it for Bobby the Brain Heenan and not have him, like they try and do with wrestlers now, like AJ Styles and whatever, where they try and make you hate them for some reason even though you love them you know what i mean like they never had him have to try and be a heel by virtue of him being color commentator you could kind of turn himself face because like who cares i agree you know like that's the worst thing about wrestling that is the one thing about wrestling the by far the worst thing about wrestling right now is that they try and make you boo people who you just don't want to boo like if the Chicago Bears cheated a bunch and won in Chicago, no one would give a fuck. No, they would talk. About they would it just like, be like, "This is great. The Bears won." So who, like, they just have to accept that people are heels. Like, it. I don't know. No, you have it's to, a, again, you modern, have to play the character and not to the crowd as much anymore. Or if the crowd's booing you, then just be like, "Fuck you guys." That's the thing. Is the problem is is
1: they don't adjust to the crowd, and also the Fed keeps letting people like Chris Jericho come in and do things like the list. Yeah. And get that over. But the thing is that that serves no purpose to a storyline. Because we all know where it's fucking going. Yeah. And it's just annoying as fuck. Is you don't put that in the main event and fucking eclipse another champion. Allowing a guy that's been a wrestler for nearly 30 years. To come in and make a guy who's been a wrestler for 12 years. Look like a not draw. Just because he can make funny jokes. The thing is they yeah. also just need to keep them away from fucking hustlers like Jericho. Who by the way keeps slapping people.
0: I think Jericho's, I mean, we'll do a Jericho episode, but I think it, Chris Jericho, in his semi-retired uh, in his semi run, has really proven to be one of the better wrestlers of all time. Because every single time Chris Jericho's come back, I've been like, I'm fucking sick of this fucking loser. And he always is like, well, now I love Chris Jericho again. This has been the Bobby B- the Brain Heenan episode, everybody. My name is Dylan Gott. I'm Dylan Gott. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Shut up your fat. The worst thing about Bobby the Brain Heenan is that he never got a chance as a wrestler. I think he would have been a great wrestler, and I think in a different era that he would have been, maybe, probably not the champ, but close to it. Shut up, you're fat. Some severely deep trouble.
2: You're talking about how my whole life, I've geared everything to tear down Hulkamania. I've done everything I can to destroy you. You know something, Hogan? You are 100% correct. I will not sleep, I will not eat, I will not rest until I'm the manager of the heavyweight champion of the world and you're out of professional wrestling. Now, I don't care if you're sweeping streets if you're cleaning subways or if you're in a field someplace or institutionalized for the rest of your life for the terminally bewildered because your mind is gone. I don't care about you. I can't stand you. Matter of fact, I hate you. Yes, Indiana's favorite Bobby, I'm not so sure about that, but nonetheless, Bobby Heenan will be a part of the record-breaking crowd set at the Indianapolis Hoosier Dome for WrestleMania, some 72,000-plus. What is that next to you? So, is that a, a weasel on a or no, it's a what? Fox. A coyote. You That's were right. a fox. It's the fox. And that signifies Fox Radio 103.3 in Indianapolis. And what does that have to do with you? February 21st, I'm going to have my own radio talk show. I'm going to be making predictions, answering oh, WrestleMania questions. Your own talk oh, show? Oh boy, we're in trouble. Congratulations. Bobby. And then the fox turns into a weasel. It's going to be Weasel Radio from no, now on. No, it is carried I'm, away. I'm Indiana's favorite Bobby. I thought Bobby Knight was. Bobby Knight is oh, definitely Indiana's. Who? Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight, basketball fame, Bobby basketball Knight. Knight. Oh, is that Gladys Knight's brother? It, let's take you to action now <laughs> involving the big boss man yeah, squaring off against Knight. the Berserker. And the Gladys Knight's week, But uh, Reverend, let me ask you, the Undertaker and Paul Bearer seem to perform certain services, if you would.
3: Well, yes, they do. And But, you know, I would uh, handle my services for the dinner party in a much different manner.
2: Can I, can I ask something? You want to leave the room? Or no, what? I want to ask the reverend. Have you performed many services for oh. the dearly departed? On many occasions, many. How hard is it to get the gold out of the teeth? <laughs> <laughs> Just ask a question. Let's take How'd you, you go to action involving the British Bulldog. So oh, i like oh,
3: Nick Bockwinkle, let me ask you. There's still all around the country quite a bit of controversy about the submission hold, the sleeper. Well, one of the things that is so controversial is that the Los Angeles Police Department uh, have told their officers they no longer can use it because they've had 12 incidents and cases of people being permanently injured. And so it's taboo. And it is a hole that no one should use. It basically, uh, Bobby, take the mic. What we're talking about is the edge of this bone on your forearm, the ulna. It goes across the carotid artery right here on the side of the neck. We're cutting off the blood to the head. And so that when you take and you put it there, okay? Now, as we do know, Mr. Gagne for years has used the sleeper. But what a lot of people don't know, bring the camera in close. As you can see, my arm is on the side. Mr. Gagne, when he gets it, he swings it around. Now look where my forearm is. It's across the throat. I've just got one arm, and the poor man's choking to death. He has spent years choking people down rather than applying it on the side. Then here, bring it in and the leverage. Now this man, if we hold on to him a little longer and put the pressure on, he's going to go nighty-night. But we wouldn't want to do that to the man, would No. You know, everybody in
2: professional wrestling for years... Here, you, you make yourself useful.
3: Everybody in professional wrestling for
2: years talked about Ganya's Sleeper. What a great hold it was. We were the only ones that made any stink about it because everybody knew and we knew it was a chokehold. Now because you've been so victorious with it and successful mm-hmm. with, it, everybody's screaming now, it's a chokehold. Well, like uh, Mr. Bachwinkle said... Ganya moved his arm over just a little bit.
3: From the side. Right there. This is what Mr. this is the Ganya sleeper. This is the Mr. Bachwinkle sleeper. And I would want to say this to the championship committee. We would find it outrageous that you would take and bar the hold at this time simply for the fact that we've been so successful. Everybody seemed to turn their head when Mr. Ganya did it for years. And Greg Ganya still does it the same way.
2: And I may I suggest this, that the children out there watching they don't Definitely. apply this to one another because it could cause permanent brain damage. No, Same goes for the old ladies and everybody else out there that's interested in putting the sleep rod. It's nothing to play with. I'm not you another thing is nothing to play with, and that's the Heenan family. I vividly recall the signing of the contract for your title shot at Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 3. You said you taught Hogan a lot, but you had still one more lesson to give him in the final chapter in that big title match at the Silver Dome in Pontiac on the 29th you want to talk to somebody you talk to me he's going to do all his talking in the ring you talk to me you want to talk about the final chapter i'll be glad to talk about the final chapter the final chapter in the life and history and the career of hulk hogan see because it's over hogan i know it you know it everybody knows it he had three good years you can't laugh at that you were lucky You made some money, you got a cartoon, you got some dolls. You rode good, you had it good. But you know you can't beat this man. Toughest man in the world. Nobody can beat this man. You think with all that blonde hair and a bunch of little Hulksters out there, and behind you, you ripping that t-shirt off and shaking in your pythons, you think you can beat him, dummy? It can't be done by you, ten guys like you, or a hundred people like you. This is the next heavyweight champion of the world. Get ready to swallow it, Hogan. It's all over. Andre, what about that, that final lesson? You don't understand, do Wait you, dummy? Minute. I do the I'll talking. I'll conduct these interviews here if you don't mind. Oh, maybe I will conduct them. How do you like that?